So now we're faced with a little bit of an interpretation problem when it comes to the life of Abraham and his history in regard to his faith, because Paul says in uh, verse 19 of Romans chapter 4, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? Uh, Don't you think anyway? Because There's a lot of weakness in his faith in the story of Abraham. I mean, he goes off to Egypt when he was promised, given the promised land to be in Canaan, but he saw so many Canaanites and war-like people around and uh, the famine in the land that he decided that he couldn't sustain his family that way and moved to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, he uh, uh, was dishonest about his wife, called him his sister, because he feared that if the, if the uh, Egyptians knew that this beautiful woman was his wife, they would kill Abraham uh, and take Take his wife to the court of Pharaoh. Well, that was rather odd, wasn't it? A little lack of trust in God. And uh, then there are times when Abraham says, Lord, how shall I know that I will possess this? And God has to take him outside, show him the stars, and tell him your, uh, your descendants will be as many as the stars. And then, of course, there's the time when he's so impatient about the fulfillment of the promise, uh, after 10 years of no child, no pregnancy in his wife, that he uh, uh, decides to uh, have sexual intercourse with his uh, wife's handmaiden, and they have a child by her, and thus he tried to force the promise. So we have a number of instances, quite a number, in which Abraham's faith seemed to totter, Now, how do we explain this when Paul says that he was not weak in faith? Well, there are several possibilities. One is that Paul was talking specifically about the time just before Isaac was born, the year before. It says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So he may be speaking specifically about the the uh, time uh, when he was 99, and God told him that this time next year you will have a son. Change your name to from Abraham, meaning Lord, to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. And... Uh, Abraham no longer trusted in uh, his own uh, potency or in the fertility of Sarah's womb. He trusted that this was going to be a miracle of God. So, you see, it may be that Paul was referring to that last year, uh, considering that from the age of 75 to 99, his faith had been growing all the time. In fact, God had been training that faith in him all those years. It may be that. Another possibility is that Abraham, even though he weakened in his faith, he didn't say, I give up, I quit, and walk off. So that um, 
we can see that he struggled, he had doubts, but he kept bouncing back because God was continually training that faith in him. So that's what it may mean, that Abraham didn't weaken in his faith in that he gave up, but he pursued right to the end. Another possibility, the third one, is that Abraham didn't doubt in faith because Paul was talking about the faith that comes from God. He was not talking about a human faith, a faith generated by the power of Abraham's will, his wonderfully disciplined life and his ability to pull it, pull it together. Rather, Paul was talking about the faith that is a gift from God. And since that faith is a gift from God, then he didn't weaken. It wasn't weakening at all. His doubts may have tried to clash with it, certainly, but that faith, being God-given, was strong. So what do you think? Well, I don't know. Uh, you, my, ten, my inclination is to think the first one is the possible answer, um, but the other two are quite valid as well. I want you to think of it, though, now in terms of your own life. You see, you may consider yourself weakening in faith all the time, but there may come a time in your life, if you live long enough, where your faith will be strong and firm and you will not relent. You will not give up. You will not throw in the towel. And there's the second uh, possibility of interpretation, that you will not give up. You will not say, I'm done with this and walk away from God. Faith does grow, even though faith is a gift of God. And if faith is a gift of God and is therefore a perfect gift, then we might speak of growth as faith being faced with doubt and that faith continuing to grow slowly looks doubt in the eye and stares it down more often and more frequently than it used to do in our earlier days of Christian living. It's beautiful to think of God's gift as growing. It's like the seed, the mustard seed of the gospel, isn't it? That mustard seed is clearly a gift from God. It is the gospel, but it grows. It grows in our hearts and it grows in our community and it grows in the culture and it grows in the world. So be encouraged by the fact that your faith will grow. You can confess like that man did, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord God, I, don't, I have so much unbelief that seems, uh, tries to break through, but I thank you that my faith is from you, and I'm trusting you, and I will keep on trusting you, and I don't intend to give up. And that statement, I don't intend to give up, is actually by the, coming to you from the Holy Spirit. You see, you may often think that words and ideas come from your mind, but you remember what Jesus said when he said they will drag you before courts and tribunals, and do not worry about what you shall speak in that hour, for it is the Holy Spirit that will speak within you. Now that's an interesting thing. 
because we think sometimes that we're standing boldly for the faith and we are determined and we have willpower and we will be like Martin Luther who says, who said, here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. But in fact, the Holy Spirit put those words in his head. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do with us when the chips are down and when we feel we have no strength and yet suddenly a spurt of strength comes through us and we wonder where that came from. Well, of course, it came from the Lord. Some of us think, well, it came because I was galvanized by a crisis. Well, wait a minute. Galvanization comes from the Holy Spirit in a crisis. That's the point. What I want you to think of, though, in all of these possible interpretations, is the humanness of Abraham. I just hope you do not fall trapped to putting these men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, on a pedestal as great and uh, outstanding spiritual men, way beyond what you or I could ever be. Now, they may have been outstandingly successful men in the world, financially, culturally, intellectually, which uh, standard we may not be able to meet. But in regard to faith, that is, in regard to their need of God, they were as weak as you or I, and they were as strong as you or I. Faith, you see, when you look at Abraham that way, you realize you can learn from him. If he's as weak as you are, If he is as strong as you are, if he is like you in his need to believe in the invisible, then you and I have a lot to learn from him, don't we? And we also have a lot to learn from how God started the ball rolling. Now, of course, there's a whole history before Abraham. We know that the pre-Diluvians, the pre-flood people, Abraham, I mean, Adam and Eve and all of the others. Um, but he's talking about a specific calling of Abraham in regard to setting up a faith nation of witnesses to God throughout the world. You and I are part of that faith nation of witnesses. We are God's witnesses. You are my witnesses, says the Lord. So now I want you to think of this. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Well, now that's an interesting uh, problem because the original does not say he did not consider his body about a hundred, as good as dead, but rather he did consider his own body as good as dead. The word not is not in the original. So it says, and not being weak in faith, he considered his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, but did not waver uh, at the promise of God. Now, that's what faith does. It looks at the situation at hand, it is able to face it, and it's, it's, it's able to say, we're finished. We're as good as dead. There's no hope in humanity in regard to this issue. And then, nevertheless, we look to God and do not waver. This is the kind of faith we are talking about. We're not talking about faith in the sense of 
human or secular hope where there's still a little bit of life dead, life yet in the, uh, the old man, as it were. We look to the, to the Lord because we know that there is no possibility in humanity. Faith transcends humanity because it is God-given and believes when there is no hope. In fact, a little later it says, uh, in hope, um, without hope he hoped. This is what we and you and I need to believe. Remember that we see our human nature, it is crushed and broken, damaged and defiled, and we just sense there is no way this human nature of ours can make it through, and indeed there is not. Don't look for a smidgen of willpower or faith emanating from human beings in your human nature in order to believe. But rather, acknowledge before God, Father in heaven, my humanity is dead. My spirit is dead. My brain and my body are as good as dead. But I believe in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, which is counted to me. And I am counted as alive in you. It is that faith, Lord, faith in that reality, that I look forward to my eternal life. I would appreciate your support. Uh, the funds are rather low. Well, this is a small ministry, a long-lasting one, though. The radio program has been on the air for 26 years. So if you could help with a donation, a one-time donation, or would like to uh, donate on a frequent uh, monthly basis, whatever works for you, would you please send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. I appreciate all your support. Thank you so much for keeping the radio program going. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.